welcome to the What to Expect While Fostering and Adopting podcast show. If you're a foster mom on the journey to adoption, already adopted, or somewhere in the middle, trying to figure out how to navigate the foster care system, wanting to grow your family through adoption, trying to balance everything, or stuck in that space of all things unknown, you're in the right place. What if there was a way to fast track your knowledge, prepare you for the good and the hard, and somebody who could answer that long list of questions I know you have? Hi friend, I'm Christine Marie, biblical mindset coach, adoptive mom, and previous foster parent of 77 children. Yep, you heard that right, 77 kiddos. I'm your host, and my goal is to help make your journey a lot easier by sharing my best tools, techniques, and skills that helped me pivot from foster care to adoption, fully surrender, and trust the process. I'm about to bring some calm to the chaos and show you how to navigate through this journey with a whole lot of grace. So go grab your cup of coffee and let's jump in. So a couple days ago, I was scrolling on social media and I saw a video that somebody had posted. Now, there are a few people that I follow on social media who are previous foster parents, adoptive parents, um, foster to adoption parents, or people who advocate for foster care or adoption. And so I was watching a video that somebody had done, and this person had adopted through the foster care system. By what I was learning, and some of this is just my own assumption, I'm not sure that they were a foster parent, but I believe they went to the foster care system to adopt through foster care. Two totally separate things. Uh, This person was talking about people who foster for the money or the income. You guys, and I was completely just being super transparent with you guys. I was super triggered by what this person was saying. I thought, oh my goodness, I wonder how many people think this. Now, if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you know that we had 77 foster kiddos. And at one point we had 11 foster kids or 11 children in our home, seven fosters, two bio and two adopted. So I understand. I had people who wondered, people assumed, people thought that maybe we fostered for money or why did we take so many foster kids? Or was there any sort of financial aspect to it? Now, nobody ever directly said this, but I never needed to have somebody say this in order to get that feeling, if that makes sense. One of my spiritual giftings is discernment. And so that was just something I really was quite honestly aware of. So after I watched this video and felt how triggered I was by what this person was saying, I thought, you know what, if she's saying it, I'm certain there's a lot of people out there who probably think and feel the same way. So I, of course, immediately wanted to hop on here and do a podcast and share the truth, dispel the rumors. But I thought, you know what, I wanted to really dig into my feelings and figure out why for a few days, why was this triggering me? Why did this make me upset? Because in order to share the message, I never want to come on this podcast from a place of being upset or angry or not fully healed from my emotions, from my own journey. So I looked up a, a few articles and I found one survey that said 29% of people, and this was just a poll that they had done on from with people, 29% of people thought that foster parents fostered for the income. And that too many foster parents actually do it for the money. 
You guys, that just like crushes my heart. And I realize there are some people out there who do foster for the money. As much as I would love to not believe that this is true, I know this is true. And it was crazy because my daughter asked me tonight, she said, what is your podcast episode about tonight? And I said, it's about people who foster for the money. And she laughed and she said, wait, are you serious? And I said, yeah, that's what the episode is about. And I said, do you think that's what I did? And she was like, oh my gosh, I hope not. And I looked at her and I said, well, of course not. But there are people who believe that. And she said, oh my gosh, I can't believe that people actually believe that. Now, she was adopted through the foster care system, but she also was there as we fostered most of these children coming in and out of our house. So she knows what this actually looks like. So I thought, you know what? For my own daughter, who was adopted from the foster care system, to be thinking that that was a joke as a title for an episode, and then hearing on the opposite end of the spectrum, somebody sharing, she was in essence described like she could have been describing me had she known me from an outside perspective she didn't know me she knew of me knew that we had 11 kids we had a big minivan that we had a 5,000 square foot house that we had three nannies and then my mom and dad helping out like she could have easily been looking at this and looked at our family and said, absolutely. Like with that big house, the nice cars, like they absolutely do it for the money. Now, my husband worked full time. My husband has his master's degree, had an amazing job. We didn't need to do any of this for any amount of money. I'm gonna get into this a little bit more of the exact experiences, but it doesn't matter how much you pay a foster parent. It's never enough for the amount of work, love, heart, soul, emotion that they are putting into a child that is not theirs, that has been through horrific experiences, physical, emotional, mental abuse. There's just no way to ever attach a dollar amount to that. But I thought, you know what, if I was so triggered and I was really taken back that people think this, I needed to come on here and share this. I need to talk about it because that is the entire purpose. The entire point of doing this podcast is to share things that I have been through, walked through, observed, and been a part of, and all the things I did right and wrong so that hopefully it will make your journey a lot easier. But I knew if she was thinking this, others must be too. And this absolutely was not her fault. This is her perspective. This is how she knows of the world. This is her truth. And I am not invalidating her truth, but this is not my truth. And that's what sets me and this podcast apart is because there's a lot of foster parents. And I would say 99% of foster parents do not do this, do not foster, or do not care for these kids for the money. They just don't. Because it's it's so much easier to go out there and get a full-time or a part-time job than what it is for the amount of subsidy that you get most months that uh, I would say all months, if my husband did not have his job and our income, we couldn't have balanced the budget. Like it wouldn't work because we lived our life and existed from his income. Now let's talk about this a little bit. Is it a subsidy or is it income? That's a really big differentiator because a subsidy is your housing, possibly babysitters, cars, 
food, heating, electric utilities. If you have higher needs kiddos, you got to think of other things like safety, uh, cameras, housekeepers, uh, trips. You also have to think about ways to protect your own liability. There are so many things based on the level of need of your kiddo that you really need to think of. There's toys, clothing, uh, transportation, gas, new car seats. You guys, so many things. So did we have an amazing, beautiful, almost 5,000 square foot house? Yes. Did I furnish almost the entire 5,000 square foot house with things that I bought from Goodwill and um, secondhand and I loved shopping on Marketplace? Did I try and make it look absolutely beautiful, but I bought everything secondhand? Yes. 100%. Did we have a really big minivan? It was actually called an, I don't know if they still have them anymore, but it was called a Nissan Envy. And it had, I think it was 12 passenger, but with 11 kiddos, you need a van that big. And so was that a substantial car payment? Yes. Was that what I would consider the cost of having additional children? Yes. What's an income? So income is something that you're going to be paid for doing a service, doing a job. But I would say this is the key to income. You can decide whether you're going to show up or not. You can decide if you're going to go to work. You can decide what you do in your time off. You can decide whether or not you're going to put your heart and soul into it for that day. I remember when I was working full time, there were some days that I showed up and did 150%. There's other days that I showed up and did 70%. There were days that I didn't feel well and I called out sick. There were days that My boys were sick, and so I stayed home. There were weeks that I got to take for vacation. When I got pregnant, I was able to take maternity leave. There's no such any of these things when you are a foster parent, and that's why it's called a subsidy. Did we need a bigger house as we got more children? Yes. Did we start out at that? No. As we took in higher needs kiddos, we also needed to hire one-on-one staffing because of the safety plans that these kiddos had. Nannies had certain hourly rates that were far higher than any other babysitter you could imagine because they had to have certain certifications in order to care for our kiddos. There were certain types of holds that we needed to have a nanny certified in or licensed in so that they could do with our kiddos if there were a certain situation that required them. There was a lot of additional care that were required. So I'll just break it down for you. I'm going to get really honest and transparent. One of the special needs kiddos that we had, I was paid a stipend or a subsidy of $3,300 a month. That's about $39,000 and change a year. That might seem like or be a lot of money for somebody, but I'm going to talk about what that meant on a daily basis. We had, of course, our two boys and our two adoptive daughters that needed care and attention as well. So every morning he would wake up and he would need to have his diaper changed and he was not a baby, which also meant he needed a bath in the morning, which also meant that all of this needed to happen before he went to school, which also meant that I needed to feed him breakfast and give him his medication. And sometimes there was an entire bowl of hot oatmeal being thrown across the room in the kitchen and slamming into the wall and breaking into a million pieces, which also meant that I had two girls who were upset and possibly other foster kiddos crying that I needed to tend to. And all of this happened before We even opened the front door to go put him on his bus. Then once we opened the front door, he bolted down the street and I was running down the street to catch him so that I could get him on his bus, which meant then I was putting him on his bus 
and helping strap him into his safety devices on his bus, he would go to school. Now, this was all if he was feeling well. If he was not feeling well, that meant that he was going to be home all day. As soon as he got home from school, he was completely overstimulated, frustrated, and that would begin multiple hours of screaming at the very top of his lungs and needing sensory attention, needing food, snacks, a lot of focus, a lot of physical focus so that he could be in the best safety situation. Meanwhile, I have all of my other kiddos around, which is why we needed to hire a one-on-one support staff because it was impossible for me to provide attention for my own kiddos, our foster kiddos, and him. So if you're paying out a very high amount per hour for support staff to be there, that also comes, that's deducted from the $3,300. You're also imagining regular new bedding because bedding is being soiled and ruined. You're imagining new clothes. You're imagining regularly replacing dishes. Things are being thrown away, damaged, destroyed. And then imagine his caseworker comes over. This is a very specific example. His caseworker came over and we were having a conversation downstairs and he was upstairs playing in his room. He was really quiet. So I went upstairs and when I went upstairs, there was poop smeared all over every single wall in my entire hallway on his windows in his room, up and down his clothes in his closet. You guys, $3,300 a month does not pay for the amount of care that is required to care for and love this child. There is no amount of money that is going to ever quantify the liability of when he runs outside and he runs down the street. If he gets hit by a car, that's my fault. That's my responsibility. So there's no amount of money that can ever equate to the level of care, love, 24 hour a day, making sure that a high needs kiddo is cared for. And that is just a high needs kiddos. Now, if we're talking about a regular kiddo without any special needs, you might be getting, let's say on average, and I looked at multiple states before doing this podcast, let's just say 600 to $650 a month. That's 24 hours a day for about $650 a month. You can go out into the workforce and get a full-time job, make way more money than that. And we can even, you know, numbers sake, say, what if somebody took in five children? Because I had heard the example that sometimes people, well, what if they just take in more children? So if you take in five children at $650 a month, that's $3,250 a month. You can absolutely go get a job where you're not working 24 hours a day, caring for children and make more than $3,200 a month. And again, I'm just giving you averages, but in a job you work, what, eight hours, 10 hours a day, and you get two days off. So you don't get any days off as a foster parent. So I wanted to share a little bit more about this, but the other piece that I didn't talk about, I just talked about the money. I just talked about the things you would need to pay for as a foster parent, but what about the stress? What about the stress to your personal body to your marriage, to your relationship, and to your children. For me, when we left the foster care after those 10 years of fostering, I had extreme pain in my abdomen, and I went to a doctor, and I had a cyst that was growing inside of my ovary. She said that she wanted, she measured it, she did an ultrasound, she wanted me to come back in four weeks, and she would measure it again. And when I came back in four weeks, it had doubled in size. So they scheduled a surgery for four weeks later, and when they biopsied that cyst, 
it had cancer cells in it. The amount of stress that fostering, caring for these kiddos, and I realize I did it for a very long time and took in a lot more children than most people will take in, but I want you to understand the amount of emotional heart and soul that foster parents pour into caring for these children, it definitely affects your body, and I don't know that anybody could put a dollar amount on the health. How do you quantify your health? I really wanted to come on here and share more about that because people do say people foster for money. I can never say that I had a big fancy purse. I never purchased fancy clothing for myself. I never had anything absolutely incredible, even though we were making what would be considered a very high amount of money for the kiddos that we had in our home, because we poured the money back into the kiddos, which was why it's called a subsidy. It's meant to care for the kiddos that you take in as foster children. Yes, do some people foster for the money and don't treat the children very well? I believe yes. And I know people would say, well, I've seen it. I know there are foster children or adoptive children who would say, I was in a home that wasn't great. But I will say, once you get into the system as a foster parent, you begin seeing the need for how many children are in the system and how little amount of homes are available to care for these kids and especially higher needs kids, it's really hard to say no. We got multiple calls at night in the middle of the night during the day that we did have to say no to. Knowing me, as some of you do now, you realize that I really truly, my heart was to help as many children as possible and serve as many children. So my level, my threshold of saying no was definitely not as high as it should have been, but some of these kiddos I did have to say no to. And they did have to go live in hotels and they did have to go live in hospitals because there just was no other placement for them. And these were higher needs kiddos. I just really wanted to be on here today and encourage you, if you see a family who has taken a lot of children and it's really easy to judge them and think, wow, they're doing it for the money. I would challenge you to sit down with them, ask them questions, ask them why do they want to help so many kiddos. For me, I just truly had such a bleeding heart and saw the need that the foster care system had, how many children needed homes and there weren't homes available. So I would just challenge you to question what it is that you believe about this, And if you do believe that there are foster parents who do it for the money, you might be right. But I would say the majority of people don't. If you are not in our Facebook community, what to expect while fostering and adopting, I would encourage you to join. And I would love to know what your thoughts were on this topic before you listen to this episode and what you think now. Hey friend, I hope that you loved today's episode. I pray it blessed you and helped you see that you have a friend in your corner who truly understands what you're walking through. If so, would you share this episode with someone who's been praying for a breakthrough in their own journey? It would also bless me big time and help others to find this podcast if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also submit your questions, topics that you would like covered and find a community of like-minded mamas in my private Facebook group by searching what to expect while fostering and adopting on Facebook. See you next time.